found in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, the first nine verses. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross the Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting, sun, setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will be able to make your way prosperous, sorry, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Good morning, church. Uh, I do want to just iterate again, as has been said a couple times, it is nice to be back in, in one service and see everyone at one time. It's been a, a few weeks of doing the lesson twice in one morning, and that was a different experience, one that I haven't done before, or Dale last week, and, and uh, you know, Dale said last week which one was, was better, his first or second, and I don't know which one was better, but they were both very good, so, so thank you, Dale, for that, and, and other ones that have been speaking these last few weeks. It is nice to, to get back together as one group here and be able to worship. I wanted to start with a little bit of story before we get into the lesson here. In the Korean War, as, as enemy's forces advanced, Baker Company was cut off from the rest of their unit. For, se for several hours, no word was heard, even though headquarters repeatedly tried to communicate with the missing troops. Finally, a faint signal was received. Strained to hear, the corpsman asked, Baker Company, do you read me? This is Baker Company, came the reply. What is your situation? Asked the foreman. The enemy is to the east of us. The enemy is to the west of us. The enemy is to the north of us. And the enemy is to the south of us. Then after a brief pause, the sergeant from Baker Company said with determination, the enemy is not going to get away from us now. <laughs> Although surrounded and outnumbered, he was thinking of victory, not defeat. And it was just a nice story that I, I found this week that I thought uh, when we seem to be surrounded by situations in our life and surrounded by sin, we can have that same attitude as they had that the people we want to bring the gospel to are right around us all the time. We have them right where we want them. Uh, so let's not be a, afraid to go after it. We're going to continue the series that I started a couple weeks ago that I entitled Dynasty Christians. And as I explained a couple weeks ago, it was this idea of 
of us as Christians, and, and Ray emphasized it at the, the giving this morning as well, that we have so much here. We are blessed with so much that when we, you know, I talked about dynasties in sports where they have, these teams have everything that they could possibly need to succeed. They have all the money and all the facilities and everything that they need to be very successful. And us as Christians here in Manitoba, we also are like that. We have everything that we need to be able to do the will of God. And we have, so whatever our goals are as Christians and as the church, we can use those resources that we have to accomplish those. So I've, over the last, you know, a couple weeks ago, we, we did the first one where we talked about putting God first. And everything that we do, if, if God is our focus within the decisions that we make, then are we, are we doing this for, uh, to serve God? And is God a part of these decisions that we're making? Then everything we do, God will be a part of. Today we're going to look at strength, being strong in our faith, and we're going to use the armor of God as the example for that. And in the next couple, as we go continue the lesson, we're going to talk about growing as Christians and what we can do to help each other grow as, as individual Christians, but also then as the church. And finally, we'll look at, at what we can do to use the resources we have to spread the gospel around the world. So today we're going to look at specifically Ephesians chapter 6 where Paul writes about the armor of God. And uh, I was talking with Dale and Kathy this morning of when I was writing out the word armor this week, every time I, I wrote it out it didn't look right. Whether I used the U or I didn't use the U, in, in whatever way you might spell it, it looked a little off, but I decided since we're in Canada we'll use the U here, even though the scripture I, I don't think uses the U. So, Whichever way you want to see armor uh, works. I'm not sure which way Paul used it or how he spelled it in Greek either, so we won't worry about it too much. So Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So here in Ephesians 6, Paul gives us this phrase of this armor of God. And the first thing that, that he notes when he talks about this is that our he makes it clear what our battle is against. That our battle is not against the physical uh, nature, but it is against the, the spiritual nature, against, our, against sin and against Satan. That's where our battle really lies. Now Paul gives a blueprint here, a physical armor, to relate it to our spiritual battles. 
something that we are, you know, we're not real familiar with this, the kind of armor that he would have been talking with. And I know this kind of armor up on the screen was a little bit after Paul. Uh, but whatever kind of view of armor you, you have in your mind, uh, we can use that imagery to then see how, it, how we can use it in our spiritual battle and not our physical battle. So we're briefly going to look at the different parts of armor that Paul lays out and see why every piece is important and how every piece connects. So first he talks about the belt of truth. And with this, this, this belt of truth, it is crucial that we know the truth. It is important that we know what is true and that we carry that knowledge with us when we speak to others. So that that belt that is around us, that supports us, that is as far as long as we know what is right and wrong, we know the truth and we are confident in that truth, that that will support us. Then he talks about the breastplate of righteousness. Now, now, the breastplate in an armor like this was to protect the most vital organs, protect your heart and, and, and your lungs and the different parts that, that, that are here that are very vital to you. If, if they got attacked from head on, that armor would be able to help protect that. And so he talks about it in the sense of righteousness, uh, that we are protected with the righteousness of Christ that we're not dependent on our own works, that we have this, this armor over us, this righteousness over us, as sin bombards us and attacks us, as, as Satan attacks us, that armor protects us, that righteousness of Christ can protect us from that sin that's coming our way. Then he talks about the footwear of peace. And when he talks about this as what we wear on our feet, we know that when we, we go out into the world, there will be all kinds of obstacles that are in our way. And if we just go out bare, we are going to encounter danger that are going to come with us. So Paul relates this as to having this footwear of peace, that when we go out into the world, we are talking to people with peace and love and not being uh, attacking them or antagonistic towards them. That when we go and confront somebody in a nice, calm manner, in a peaceful way, those people are much more willing to talk to us and to be friendly back to us. If we go and start to just attack people, even with the right intentions, then we're, we're, we're going to come across obstacles very quickly. People will put up their defenses against us. So Paul says, put on that footwear of peace so everywhere you walk, you are a peaceful person, a loving person. He then talks about the shield of faith. That the faith we, we can have can deflect those attacks. It's similar to how the breastplate deflect those attacks. But we hold up the shield of faith that we have a strong, confident faith that when sin attacks us, we can hold up that shield of faith and protect ourselves against the oncoming attacks. He then talks about the helmet of salvation. And the helmet, similar to the breastplate, is protecting a very vital part of our body as it protects our head. And so he talks about this as the salvation guarding our minds 
we are thinking in the ways of God. That those who are those who are lost are influenced by so many things. So many things come into their mind and influence them. When us as Christians, when we put on this helmet of salvation, it helps us to keep our minds focused on Christ and keep our minds focused on God's Word and not have all these outside influences penetrating into our mind. Finally, he talks about the sword of the Spirit. Now, throughout all of the pieces of armor that Paul has mentioned, they've all been defensive in nature. Now, Paul brings up the first offensive weapon that we have and talks about it as the sword of the Spirit, that we have the Word of God to use to penetrate the world. When we go out in, in peace and we have confidence in our faith and we know what is right, when we go with the sword of the Spirit, when we go with the Word of God, that can be our offensive weapon against the world. That's what we use to teach the world. Everything else helps us protect us from these oncoming attacks. Now a sword can be used as, as defensively as well, but at the same time, it quickly turns and becomes that offensive weapon that can really uh, penetrate God's word into the people that we're, that we're talking to. <coughs> when we look at the life of, of Jesus, we see this idea when he was tempted by Satan in the desert there. And every time that Jesus was tempted, that, that Satan went to him, Jesus used God's word as the rebuke against Satan. Jesus knew the word, he had it in his heart, and he knew how to respond back to Satan as he was being attacked. So we can take that example for us as well. That we too are able to do this, when we are going out and teaching others, uh, that we can put on this armor to protect ourselves from Satan and the sin around us, but also be able to influence the world and show the world the Word of God. The Word is a powerful weapon that will be, that will be able to defeat anything coming our way. That, that sword of the Spirit is not one that will wear out over time. It's not one that will that will be hit and break, that, that the word that we have is the most powerful weapon as Christians that we have. We may think that we are good, in, you know, that we're, we're very well talkers, that we can talk somebody into anything, or that we're, we're so nice that everybody will just want to come and be friends with us. But the word is what's really going to get people to know Christ. The Word is what is going to be able to influence the hearts of people. Now, right after verse 17 here in Ephesians 6, not specifically part of the armor of God, but Paul puts it in right after about the importance of prayer. And he, he mentions this right after in connection with the armor of God. That as we have this armor on us, as we go into the world, that prayer is the vital connection that we have to God as we do that. That every part of the things that we do is connected with prayer. That we're always connected with God and that we have this prayerful relationship with Him. 
that all of that connects with the ardor of God. So how do we be strong? How does having this armor help us become stronger Christians? When we know that we are equipped with this armor, it gives us the confidence that we can take on anything that comes our way. When we think of soldiers in the battlefield, they may be afraid when they go out. But they put on that armor that they have, and that gives them a bit of confidence that knowing that maybe if I get hit a little bit here or a little bit there, I know that I am, I am strong enough and I have the protection on me that I'll be okay. That whatever comes my way, I'll be able to handle it. When we put on that armor, we are ready for the battle that Satan will wage on us. And as Christians, Satan will continue to bombard us with temptation and with, and with sin. That he knows that he's got most of the world distracted from God already. But as Christians, he's going to put some extra effort into us at times. And we need to be aware of that and be prepared. We also know that as we're going through these things, these battles, that we're not alone. When you go out into battle, they don't just send one soldier and say, good luck, I hope you do well. They send out a whole group. And that is the church. That as Christians, we're not independently going out and trying to do the best that we can, hoping to make a difference. We have the church around us, with us, that in every endeavor that we do, the church goes out and does it together. We're all equipped with this armor, and we're all supporting each other along the way. Another little story here as we, as we start to wrap up a little bit. A while back, National Geographic ran an article about the Alaskan bull moose. The males of the species battle for dominance during the fall breeding season, literally going head to head with antlers crunching together as they collide. Often the antlers, their, own, their only weapon, are broken. That ensures defeat. The heftiest moose with the largest and strongest antlers triumphs. Therefore, the battle fought in the fall is really won during the summer, when the moose eat continually. The one that consumes the best diet for growing antlers and gaining weight will be the heavyweight in the fall. Those that eat inadequately sport weaker antlers and less bold. And I thought that story connects well for us as Christians. That when we go out, we mean we're not literally going head to head crunching each other, but when we go out to the world, have we equipped ourselves properly? Have we prepared ourselves that we are strong when we go out into the world? So as we relate this now to the idea of us being these dynasty Christians, with all the resources that we have here, we're able to do so much that keeps our faith strong. We can be encouraged by the armor of God as our blueprint to stay strong. We can use the fellowship that we have with each other to grow strong together by having conversations with each other, by asking each other questions, about sharing our faith with each other that we are able to grow stronger as a church. We strengthen our knowledge by having Bible studies 
and attending events and seminars and conferences and all these things that are available to us here. That we can be a part of these things and grow in our knowledge in the Word and grow in our knowledge as Christians of the things that we can be doing in the world. We can serve the people around us with the love of Christ, showing our strength and where our strength comes from. We can do this in, in lots of different talents that people are going to have. Things like giving gifts, or things like visiting, or cooking, or some tech support, whatever you might be good at, we are able to go out and help the people that need us. And as we do that, we don't just go out as ourselves. We go out as children of God, as part of the church. And in everything that we do, we have that armor on us to protect us. But that doesn't shield anybody else away from getting to know us. That we have that strength in our, in our faith, that we are strong Christians, that we go out and we help and we support and we teach each other and the other people in the world that we relate to, that we are around. The armor of God gives us a great example to imagine ourselves having this strong, protective armor that will defend us against sin that is coming our way constantly as we live in the world, and attacks from Satan that are going to come our way. And it's comforting to know that we have this armor on us that protects us, that we can have confidence as we go out into the world. It's encouraging that we know we have this sword of the Spirit, this powerful weapon as the Word of God that is so available to us anywhere we go. We may come up with a conversation with somebody and we start talking about, about the Bible and about our faith and we, you know, we carry our phone around with us, we can quickly bring out God's Word open it up and bring it right out into the conversation we have. God's blessed us with so many resources, so many things that we have, that at a moment's notice we can bring out God's Word and bring that to the person. And that's great. That is a really great thing. So as we go into the world as Christians, let's be reminded of this armor that we have, this protection we have, that Satan cannot hurt us the way he thinks we he can, as we wear this armor and are protected from sin. But also that we have this sword of the Spirit that we bring the Word of God to people. So with all that we have, everything that we that we have in our lives within the, within the church here, all that we have and do, let's be strong. Thank you. I hated to practice. I, 